You're listening to the Gamer Podcast. I'm Eric from the Gamer.com editorial team, and this week we're talking about Respawn's new Star Wars games and the release of the Steam Deck. After that, we've got reviews for Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel and Rainbow Six Extraction. Let's go! Welcome to the show, everybody. We are joined today by three uh, elite gamers. Izzy Vanderveld. Hello. Stacey Henley. Hello. And joining us for the first time, Mahin Kasor. Hello. Hello. Okay, uh, let's jump in the news. We have a lot of stories to cover today. I think probably the top story of the week, uh, Respawn's announcement that they're developing three new Star Wars games. We don't have titles for these games. We don't. All, all we really know about these games is what genres they are. Uh, we've we've got a first-person shooter, a strategy game, and a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. I think that's pretty much all the things I would want from a, three different Star Wars games. To be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds good. Good. So I think Fallen Order was. Pro, uh, Fallen Order sequel, I should say, is, was a pretty known quantity. I mean, that game sold uh, outrageously. Like, it, it's actually, I, I, I don't know. We we assumed it did well because it was Star Wars and it was and it was popular, but it was kind of crazy how much that game sold. Yeah, I'm not like the biggest like Star Wars person. I, although recently I have done a little marathon of all the main films, and I love The Mandalorian. But apart from that. The most I know about Star Wars is through the Lego games. <laughs> I know more <laughs> Which about Lego. Is it Star another Wars. new one of those as well? Yeah, oh, there you go. Skywalker Saga. Is that meant to actually be like Star Wars one to nine? Or yeah. Damn. Yeah. Apparently, it's mostly open world, and you can play through each movie in any order that you want. Wow. I wonder what the what the runtime to play the whole game is. Hmm. Well, it's a Lego game, so probably about six hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> That's I don't know. Hour. That's the one where there's been reports of alleged crunch, isn't it? Which yeah. The dampener on the whole happy Lego thing. So the respawn thing is interesting because it feels like EA doing the same thing again, sort of like taking all of the Star Wars and giving it to one studio because they had they had one successful yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. So now they will be the shepherds of Star Wars for the next ten years. I am wondering how one studio is supposed to do three different games in three entirely different genres like it it does it does make me skeptical and worried because it just sounds like a recipe for crunch and moving people across teams constantly and everything just ending up in development hell rather than yeah a studio being able to just focus on one thing maybe two things you know maybe two things if one of the things is small if you've just got an a team and a b team but three just seems like a lot it is it is a pretty rapid expansion for respawn we know that um a little over a year ago they turned uh, one of ea's studios into basically respawn north Hmm. and and pretty much moved a lot of uh apex development up there right so that freed up the core respawn studio which i at the time i assumed was to go all in on the fallen order sequel but mm. yeah i mean did 
how do you go from a studio that makes like one live service game and one single player game to now three full Star Wars games? Like, did they triple how many employees they have? Like, yeah, that is that does seem like a pretty rapid. They're probably going to fold all their studios in, but aren't they? Like, EA have done that before. They'll just they'll take a studio that's not doing so well and they'll say, congratulations, you are now Respawn. <laughs> right. Like, and, and then on top of that, um, Vince Zimpala, the the Respawn boss, just is now in charge of, uh, of Battlefield 2. So, so Respawn is also sort of shepherding battlefield yeah and with something like star wars like that has such a law and like even the smallest little details you have to get right like oh is this character meant to be here and or there like is this allowed i remember there was like a harry potter phone game or something i i, I just heard about it and apparently they were getting stuff about the law wrong and all the potterheads were like really annoyed when this <laughs> game c- came out so i hope there's not like the worry about them making free games and then getting the law wrong and, and being like, oh, that character shouldn't be there because it's this time and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, has there been a strategy Star Wars game, like an RTS Star Wars game before? There must, there must have been. A there must have been, right? That sounds like such yeah. an obvious... <laughs> I feel like it was a like a, a space cruiser game thing, if it there's existed. Galact- there's Galactic Conquest in Battlefront 2. Like the original Battlefront 2, but that's not really an RTS. It's just uh, 2006 Empires at War. That sounds about right. It sounds like it sounds like something you'd call a Star Wars game that I would instantly <laughs> forget about. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a 2006 Star Wars game as well. You gotta if you gotta just put War in there, and it's an RTS. <laughs> Halo Wars. <laughs> Star Wars, of course, already has war in those. That, that yeah. is kind of like that. Yeah, so you have to do double war. Double wars. <laughs> Star Wars wars. I think that's uh, what David Cage's new one's called, isn't it? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> no, this is the War of Stars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good point. Respawn isn't the only studio doing Star Wars now. Um, no. It's just dice isn't or whatever right? um, yeah EA just doesn't have the exclusivity anymore so there's I think Ubisoft has to do one obviously we know um, David Cage is doing one yeah um, I feel like there's another student in the mix well and obviously then Respawn of Gar 3 it's a good it's, I mean it's good to have lots of Star Wars games I think Star Wars is such a big dense property you can do so much with it the problem is just one sticking religiously to the movies as uh-huh. Mickey's alluded to where you've got like this weird canon thing and like Lego games is doing where it's just play all the movies, but way too complicated for a Lego game. Um, and having Respawn make three different games and say, well, they're the same because they're all Star Wars. Just It's like it's exciting to kind of think about until you realize that somebody is going to have to sit at a computer and make them. And then you realize it's less exciting and more um, <laughs> almost impossible. It's like, oh, th- make three and one of them is bound to be good. <laughs> or is it more likely <laughs> that, like, you know... Uh, only only one will be good or maybe I mean, they the, think yeah. the expectation with the respawn is that they're all going to be good yeah for <laughs> sure. um yeah i just i i would hate to see such a a well-oiled studio break over trying to take on so much but yeah when was the when was the, was the last time that ea made a big studio take on too much <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean come on yeah what <laughs> am i worried about <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars anthem. 
Um, this is the next in a very long line of series of supposed first person Star Wars games. Uh, aside from Battlefront, we've had many, many false starts for open world or slash first person Star Wars games. Yeah. Uh, there was some new stuff about 1313 that just came out. It was like Boba Fett footage. Yeah. Look cool as hell. Um, and then lots of unannounced stuff that we are like sort of aware of, but never, never got very far. So there's a little bit of a curse for, uh, for first person Star Wars games. I don't know <laughs> what that is, but yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, how weird is it though? to just get this like basically like a announcement for open positions yeah be the reveal for three new star wars games at like the most popular studio in the world right now like that's kind of bizarre right not an ea thing not a trailer just like hey we're making three star wars games i wonder if that's to try and get more people to to join because there is a big problem with recruitment in games development it's not because there's not enough cool games to make it's because of terrible working conditions but it might be easier to get somebody to come and make a game if you say come and make star wars with us as opposed to come and make unannounced first person shooter yeah no one wants to make an announced first person shooter people want to make a star wars game that's just a theory but there is a big problem with like game development retention and progression and it's hard to imagine that respawn specifically has a recruitment problem but uh, yeah i'm totally aware that across the industry yeah that's what i mean yeah yeah well i I guess instead of instead of actually like fixing abusive practices just dangle nice shiny tasty ip in front of (laughs) young devs and be like look look you can work on this cool thing oh no you're still gonna get crunched and overworked allegedly but at least you'll get to make a star wars game are these free Star Wars games coming out one after each other? Are they all within a certain time frame? Does, or is it just up in the air? Kind of. This thing? is this is years, yeah, right. years away. Yeah. Well, I think it's probably why the announcement came with a job. Okay, like we don't even know the the titles game. We didn't get like a title splash card. Yeah. Um, like, even David Cage did a big Game Awards trailer, and that game is five years away, right? Yeah. I mean, Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman just did a picture of Wonder Woman and said, we're making a Wonder Was that yeah. rock steady? <laughs> it's just, here is Wonder Woman. We're going to do yeah. a game for this in six years' time. <laughs> uh, same with Wolverine. Yeah. Just like, I yeah, don't know. Just the maybe, maybe Maybe the, the tide is turning a little bit. Maybe, uh, you know, publishers and studios don't think we need the that kind of big exciting announcement for something that's so far away maybe cyberpunk yeah um okay uh steam decks finally coming out to get starting to get shipped february 25th uh less than a month away who's excited how much are they again there's there's three tiers and i think it goes 400 500 650 i think us yeah yeah it's definitely interesting and like to have anything uh even resemble the switch and kind of be a competition sort of thing and funnily enough you probably could play like old pokemon games and old nintendo games on it or whatever but it's interesting to see what everyone else is going to think of it it really does depend on like the modern community maybe even and just how many people pick it up but i'm looking forward to it but i don't know if i'd spend that much money on it just yet with a switch i was 
guaranteed going to get it when it came out. But for this, I'm going to wait a bit. Uh, it, it's hard to tell if it's going to be a novelty or if it's going to have a huge impact, right? Because mm. um, conceptually, f- like a- as a PC player, to to me, this is like, wow, look how accessible the entire PC library is going to be to everyone now. Yeah, like like a, a the you can't even compare the Steam library to the Switch library, right? No. It it's got to be fifty times bigger, if not a thousand times bigger. Like Steam has really... almost every game ever on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and now that's portable and handheld, and and we're removing so many barriers. You don't have to worry about a video card or monitor or a place to set it up. Um, it's definitely enticing for someone like me who isn't a pc gamer only works on sort of like you know a very basic laptop um because of current hardware shortages and like chip shortages would be looking at paying extortionate amounts to actually build a gaming pc something that is able to run like those big pc games really well it and is relatively less like relatively cheap compared to like you know an actual gaming pc monitor keyboard all that kind of stuff um yeah, it's definitely something I'd be interested in. I'm pretty sure my housemate sorted one, um, mm. which is weird because he does have a full-on gaming PC. So well, that's the thing, that, though. He doesn't need it. <laughs> that's that's the problem that I, I don't I don't know what the market is for this thing. There's people who are already hardcore PC gamers who'll buy it. Sure, not enough of them to sustain a handheld. People mm-hmm. like us who work in we work in games journalism. I didn't know it was coming out until it was announced yesterday. I didn't realize it was coming out this early. And Mahin's just asked how much it was. The advertising for this thing has been atrocious. Nobody who's ju- who doesn't have the job of being in video games or who does not have a high-end PC knows it's coming out. There's zero chance this competes with the Switch because me granny knows what a Switch is. <laughs> Switch is a toy. It sells in toy aisles to children. The Steam Deck, it won't even come close to competing with the Switch because no one will buy it. It's a really good point because it it really is just a branding marketing issue. I mean, if yeah. this were if this yeah. was the PlayStation Deck and it was all things being equal, it, it just was like a handheld PC that ran Steam and it was but it was just called like the PlayStation Deck. Like it would be the next Switch. 100%. Yeah. It's a, it looks like a fantastic machine. It's a little bit kind of bland cuz it's been designed by a PC company. But, you know, it looks good enough. It's not ugly by any stretch. It, by all accounts, runs very well. It has thousands of games on it and will be open really to whatever you want to do with it because it runs like a PC. Like you say, you can mod it, you can emulate things on it, and yeah. you'll be able to mess around with it a lot more than you can with a, with yeah, a Switch. No one's going to buy it. Yeah. Apparently, it's it, can, it can run God of War fine, though, can't it? Like, it can run God of War on PC, and that's probably, like, the current benchmark for... I, I saw I saw the story we ran about uh, on SteamDB, which is a database website. You can mm. see all of the um, Steam Deck curation that Valve is doing, and apparently, the only game that hasn't yeah, been that. the only game that hasn't been certified to work on the Steam Deck you you would never guess this in a million years is Persona Four Golden. 
I'm literally going to say, like, this is the Steam Deck is such a good idea for games that, you know, I want to feel a bit cozy that and play and like have a good story or something. Because there's sometimes there's something about sitting at your PC and playing a, a cheap game, which is good. Cheap games are good, but it just feels a bit clunky for me, to me. So, like, the idea of playing cheap games, but, you know, cozy and as if I was playing my Switch, playing story games sounds amazing. But no, I don't sure. know for that price if it is. I think the price is reasonable, to be honest. Like if it if it does just run PC games with no issue, then that's also true. that sounds amazing. Like because that's another thing that puts everyone off PC gaming is oh you can have the best graphics and the best frame rate in the world, but like there's such a high cost to get into it, and you know like you've got to fiddle with settings and do all sorts. That's true. Of but it's still a high cost. There's still a high cut. The one thing I put people off is the price. So let's charge way more than the Switch, which is its competitor <laughs> in the handheld market. It's too expensive. It won't be sold in toys. It won't even be sold in shops. Probably I need not. to see how much it competes against an actual, like, you know, proper big PC gaming rig. I mean, uh, I, 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 my, my video card costs more than the Steam Deck. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like like my monitor costs twice as much as the most expensive Steam Deck. Must be nice. Like I, I know it is more than a Switch. It's uh, twice as much as a Switch, but it, like relative to PC gaming, if this thing yeah. really can play every game, it's like it, you, you could never get a PC for 650 bucks <laughs> that could run every game. No way. That's it, what it can't I mean when plug I say into it's a TVs, good can it? It can so plug it into TVs, yeah. Oh, it can. Yeah. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. that adds a whole new level. Oh, so yeah, if you can just if you can just plug it into a TV and like pop a like a Bluetooth controller to it, sorted. <laughs> I can just. Yeah. I don't know. I just. I just think like a console player. I have it. I have a decent gaming laptop. Mm -hmm. I have a I have a PlayStation. I have an Xbox. I have a Switch. So I mean, I only got one of the one of those sent. I mean, it was, it was only like a paid shill for one of those. The other ones I bought <laughs> myself. Um, like, I just think. There, there are no games that I can't play. There's not a single game I can't play. I might not be able to play every single PC game to the highest sin, but none of those things cost me, how, what was it, $650? Not, yeah. None of those things cost me that. None. Um, and I don't, think, I don't think there's a market out there who, for, of people who think gaming PCs are too expensive. Here's $650 for one. I just People who think gaming PCs are too expensive play on consoles. Yeah. No, yeah, you're you're totally right. I, I just I, I think it's I think it's brilliant. I think it's a really great thing. I just think it's one of the things that people in games get excited about and nobody in the real world buys. I might be wrong, I know like pre orders like sold out, but I think they sold out mainly to people who already have PC games, which just means people are playing Steam in a different place. Like, who cares? <laughs> that's what I mean. Like that's that's not expanding anything. Yeah, I'm sure that um, the fucking Steam controller sold out in first run too. Yeah. Right? yeah that was I kind of shit. think it might. Do, <laughs> I kind of think it might do all right if, for nothing, the modding scene. I think that's enough for people to be interested and you know be able to take it around to places. But I could also be wrong too. I would. I would love to. Be wrong. I would like for it to take off because I do think you're right that PC gaming is the one part of game where there's still a little bit of elitism. You know, I think the, there's still like the weird console war stuff. But I think most people who play games aren't really that into that anymore. That seems to be a very specific online yeah. thing. Whereas in even away from like the PC subreddit on, on Reddit, there's still a bit of a sense that PC gamers just they just kind of get it, man. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw this out there: if you 
care about the value like uh, of getting the most bang for your buck with games, it's always going to be PC. And if the, though the steam deck is much more expensive than, uh, uh, you know, the switch and consoles and stuff, um, you're going to save so much money playing the same games. Like yeah, game. s- stuff drops price on steam way before it drops on PlayStation, and Xbox. If it ever drops on PlayStation, and Xbox, you know, but- with Game Pass and PS yeah, Plus combined, true. I haven't bought a game in like in so long though. I bought a few games in the Christmas sales, and they were all like seventy five percent off on PlayStation Network. Yeah, I mean Steam sales aren't what they used to be. Everybody says that, but <laughs> buying games on Steam is still way cheaper than buying games on any console. Guess you get all the free games. Yeah, that's true. That's a good. That's a good point. And I just think that's. That feels like a benefit rather than the selling point. I think that's me. Mm-hmm. Thing. All the things we've mentioned are all benefits of having one. They're not selling points. And yeah, for these things to work, they need to sell. Yeah, and I think there's also a little bit of you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. Uh, if you've always been a console player, like, yes, yeah. there are way, way, way more games on Steam, but if you've never been a PC player, then you don't even know what you're missing. So, Yeah, I, I'm not a PC player. I played like 50 last year. And some of that is through work. Sure, I get codes. And I get that. I understand the position that I'm in, but I don't mm-hmm. play PC games, and I, I still play a lot of games. I I just wonder, like, uh, because like the nature of PC games, like within a few years, your I mean, your graphics card becomes a bit old. I just wonder. With consoles, it's a bit more stable. You know, your console is going to have a yeah. longer life. I just wonder if how long the Steam Deck will last, and until they have to make a number two and like a yeah, better one that true. will run better games really quickly. I guess as developers do optimize for consoles, though they could optimize for Steam Deck. That would just be the new thing. Like you optimize if for PC, Steam Deck for console. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Yeah, <laughs> if it just dies, then people will be left with something that can't run anything. Steam what? <laughs> what deck? <laughs> yeah, um, but we don't know what the lifetime of it's going to be, and no. if it's relatively short, they're never going to be able to sell Steam Deck too. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> if this thing doesn't get six years then i think it's i don't think there's a steam deck too unless they do something like you know trade in your steam deck for a steam deck 2 for sure like for like a a heavily discounted price then or if or if steam deck 2 is some kind of modular upgradable system ps pro thing (laughs) that'd be cool yeah uh okay uh izzy tell me about the this joe danger thing oh my god so I wept <laughs> at my desk earlier. Oh, um, no, I, sentimental stuff like this really just gets me. Um, mm-hmm. Sean Murray of, uh, not ours, Sean Murray of Hello Games um, tweeted a thread earlier today that um, the the team at Hello Games had remastered Joe Danger, their first ever game, um, yeah. mobile game on iOS. I had, did everybody play this? Have you all yeah, played Joe Danger? I'm, yeah. I'm aware of it. I never yeah. played it. Yeah, I actually haven't played it either, but the game is not what really got me. It's the story about (laughs) that got me. So, um, due to iOS updates, uh, Joe Danger was no longer working on uh, on current generations of the phones. And one father emailed in and uh, told this story about his son who has autism, who finds it difficult to be in social situations and like do social interactions. him and the son bonded through playing Joe Danger and it enabled the son to, you know, be more social with friends and family. 
whenever they would like go to a restaurant or be in like a loud or noisy room the dad would say oh you know I'll, I'll let you play on the phone after this and it got to the point where you know whenever the son faced a stressful situation he'd look up at his dad and say um uh i can play joe danger after and so like Aww. it just became this sort of like rock for these two and yeah so the father reached out to hello game saying hey the game doesn't work anymore the app store just very casually says contact the dev so this is what i'm trying to do and yeah sean murray's like he's blocked out like the father's name and everything so that you know you right. don't know too much information you only know the kid's called jack um but yeah he said you know we were quite it's always been our secret shame that we didn't keep up with this game because no man's sky got successful and had to take priority but we've remastered it we've done this and i mean in a very cynical way it's obviously a great pr move because it adds a very emotional story to this remaster that you know i've absolutely fallen for gonna say good if you didn't fall for it eh? (laughs) (laughs) you've seen seen through that ruse it's just nice you know like it's because we all know about the big emotional games and like the big stories like the last of us or you know even indie hits like journey that are, are impactful because everyone knows they're impactful but it's just really nice to hear a story about a small game that you know helped a father and son a lot and the developers now like releasing again and also if you own the original you get the remastered version for free um so they're not they're not obviously they're selling the remastered version to this is i mean no, one, just, no one's gonna buy it though to be no, fair no one's gonna buy it so like it is it does just <laughs> seem like a like a sweet thing you know and I, so I like the original I is gone so you can't play the original anymore the, the original because of ios updates yeah there's, there's a few like no, app games that if they don't get patched right. enough once ios gets like ios 11 or 12 or 13 or 14 you can't play it and certain phones or ipads force you to update after a certain while yeah right i wonder how much this happens with other autistic children just around the world and stuff i guess that's why yeah. video game yeah. preservation is so important so i never important. thought of it from this way yeah. That's I, actually, that's a good point. I've not, I've not really thought that either. I've I've always said we should have more video game preservation, but it was really just in there, just because so we involved. should. Yeah, just we yeah. should. Yeah. Like, yeah, um, that's part of the dad's point is that you know because his kids on the spectrum, like, change is hard for him to deal with. So yeah, it, it it wasn't a case of like, oh well, just find a different game for your son's love. It was like, no, that's yeah. really sure, sure, sure. It has to be Joe Danger. So it's yeah. it's just great that it it can be. It is a nice story. What a what a wonderful video game fluff piece. <laughs> <laughs> this is the puppy saves the duckling of the it video is, game universe. Uh, I have dying I, issues, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm proud to admit it on really? stream. It, it got me, okay? It got me. <laughs> you didn't have to tell us. We got that. <laughs> I love Joe Danger. I have a lot of nostalgia for this, like, PS3, early PS Plus era. Uh, it was at a time in my life when every PS Plus game that came out was like all I had, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, new game, new game. And I would play yeah. The Unfinished Swan and oh, Flower and Joe Danger. Flower. Oh. Yeah. Remember Flower? All that stuff. No Joe Danger rules. Uh, cool. Thank you. Um, the Rock movie. The Rock <laughs> video game movie. <laughs> The Rock has announced that uh, his next project, he, he did an interview and he was asked what his next project was. And he said that he is uh, working on a movie based on the most badass, one of the most badass video games. Uh, hmm. Can you imagine it? he, t- he talked about that in real life? Like he's a real human that being. That is how he talks. He's, he's yeah. like 40 years old. 
He always he always gives a hundred and ten percent, except when he's given a hundred and twenty percent. Yeah, he might be exaggerating. It might be some random side game somewhere. But also, it could be voice. Did it say acting, acting, or like voice acting? He did. Like, he didn't either. say. It just he said he's went on a project. It could be. Yeah. It could be. A could be the Mario film. Room. That DreamWorks. Is it DreamWorks? Oh shit! The they they, they must. They would have announced him. They've announced everybody oh, yeah. who's oh, in that. Course, they did the cat yeah. trailer, and yeah, there was yeah, like yeah, twenty-seven yeah. people. How did I forget <laughs> that even happened? Yeah, sorry. I blocked it out. I blocked it out. <laughs> What could it be? I can't even. Um, think. Look, there's Call of let, Duty. Let's be realistic. Oh, yes. there's only there's only two games that. he could be talking about: Call of Duty or Gears of War. That's oh it. God, I, I'm yes. going to raise that it could be Fortnite because they are going to make a Fortnite movie uh, and he's going oh, to be okay. in it. it Both could. those things are they just are like it's just it's just a fact of life. They they have to make a Fortnite movie. Yes, like, they just have to. So the the rock is like a character in Fortnite, right? That yeah. You can buy and play. So is he playing himself in the game as himself <laughs> in the game? <laughs> I think it's just the rock. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just the rock is in Fortnite. Yeah. Ariana Grande is in Fortnite. She'll be. No, the, no, no, no. The, the rock isn't in Fortnite. The rock does yeah. play somebody. He's like. Oh, he okay. Sorry. So he plays like the. Is he called the voice or the champion or something? It's some absolute oh, nonsense yeah. like that. Because okay. at first he had his helmet on and there was a big, who's behind the helmet? Who's this huge guy with Dwayne Johnson's voice behind this helmet? <laughs> oh, I wonder. And then they, <laughs> then they revealed it. when he, he did an advert for, for his own brand of energy drinks for Gaines. And in the fridge was the helmet. How did I miss all of this? <laughs> that was how they revealed it in Fortnite. Who cares about any of that? <laughs> He was hiding the Fortnite helmet in his fridge for his new energy drink for gains. Is it good? The energy drink? I have no idea. I don't know if get gains. <laughs> Will they send us a sample? <laughs> I'll, I'll ask. I want to drink the rock juice. Maybe they should have called it the rock juice, though. Oh. <laughs> Eric, Eric, no one should ever let you name things, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did a funny little list this week about movies I thought it would be cool to put The Rock <laughs> in, and while I was working on that, I googled for a laugh the most badass video games. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, number one was Doom, and he already He's did in that. Doom. Oh, so. Yeah. so there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, think... Rampage was on the list, but he already did that <laughs> one too. Is Rampage the 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 game where you play as like a monkey going through a like an ape going through a skyscraper. Yeah, did you see that movie? Or a dinosaur. Or a dinosaur. Yeah. I never put it together that that film was from that game because what? I just <laughs> Wait, it was, what? Hold on, you knew both Johnson of those things existed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, there are a lot of movies where The Rock saves a woman from a building that's falling down. Exactly. I thought it was I'm a monkey and a dinosaur. There are not monkeys and dinosaurs in the ones I will grant you. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, my brain Incredible. just didn't uh, connect those two dots. <laughs> insiders, leakers, whatever. It's been suggested that this is Call of Duty. And that's obvious. Obviously, it would be Call of Duty. But who needs a Call of Duty movie? Right, what is that? He's done the Call of Duty movie, right? Like every movie he does is the Call of Duty movie. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like Call of Duty doesn't really have like a staple 
thing about it that you can see and be like, oh, that's Call of Duty. It would just look like any typical like shoot-in there, film. I think right? there's an argument to be made that there are a lot of set pieces you can pull from like the oh, first right. two Modern Warfare games, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think that they're going to do no Russia and shoot up an airport, but that's an example oh, of yeah. like, there are sequences and scenes. I think in the first modern warfare, what, what's the, um, where the you're trying to dodge all the snipers and it's through the, like, where, where is that? Oh, Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that you, there are some, there's some call of duty iconography. That's not just like, military guys and assault rifles but not much but not much you've said it and it's just triggered something in my head and yeah black ops with all the numbers and stuff like that like yeah yeah. i'm I'm thinking of it maybe it would be a good movie they they can do they can do the modern warfare storyline or they can do the black ops storyline or they can like pull from one of the random games but at the end of the day it will just be another american propaganda like a war machine propaganda military shooter film, which we have right. an infinite number of already. Like we just, it's completely unnecessary, and it will do huge numbers at the box office. That's the thing; it, it'll make yeah. money if you if you make a, a a movie called I don't know, The Last Man in the Trench. No one goes to see it. <laughs> if you make a movie called Call of Duty, everyone goes to see it. That's the only thing. The the Tom Holland movie that he's made, the Uncharted film. Apparently, he went to Universal and said, "Can I be James Bond?" And they said. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> Here we go. Um, Uncharted. That'll do. <laughs> and th- that, that's all they've done. They, they've, they've just gone to the rock and said, Call of Duty. And he said, yes. How much money? How many zeros? I... A lot. Yeah. We, we lived so much of our lives with just garbage video game movies, just embarrassing shows of like low-budget, Bowl garbage. And to be honest... I'm kind of going to miss that once we get into the most like lowest common denominator, Hollywood, big budget video game, everything like I'm mm. already exhausted by the Uncharted's and the call of duties. And like, I don't know. They're so soulless. I feel like I, it's so easy to make fun of Uvi bowl. He's so bad, but he has a style. He's always trying to like do something. Is he the one who must play him? I'm. I'm not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna get me to defend those. I'm sorry. I do. I see where you're coming from. You've just gone way too far. Blood Rain. Like Blood Rain. No. Blood Rain is one of the worst movies ever made. But I feel like that still like has more value than just the next generic Hollywood whatever. Uh, uh, Blood Rain probably has more value than the Call of Duty movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, we'll see. It's not going to stop, though. This is <laughs> it. It started with, let's say, Sonic or maybe Pikachu, but probably more realistically Sonic. And it's not going to stop. So. It's not going to stop. So I don't know. Maybe we'll get some good ones. I liked Monster Hunter. I thought Monster Hunter was pretty cool. I haven't seen that one. No, no, I, I had, about Mortal I had a lot of monsters. Mortal, Mortal Kombat was good. Mortal Kombat was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll be seeing the Mario movie. Yeah, um, we I, all have to see fucking Mario. Oh, I just don't <laughs> uh, speaking of movies, uh, did you all hear that a, uh, a certain Final Fantasy movie <laughs> <laughs> that, that uh, was it? Was it, was it Spirits it Within? Type, the, it wasn't Spirits Within. It was something else within. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
somebody's gonna have to fill me in on the details. Uh, I'm gonna get it wrong. There, there was an, a, a virtual meeting in the Italian Senate. It was sort of an open thing where people could zoom in, basically. And somebody showed up and started playing some Tifa porn, right? Yes, Whoa. Tifa and Cloud. Tifa and Cloud s- slamming hams. Indeed. <laughs> Lovely. Um, what has been missed in this story? Watch that they get a little uh, tip that's kind of been left out of the story is um, after that was taken off against an impact, um, bit of porn came up as well. That's just been ignored. Oh. But that's yeah, that's, what? yeah that's there's no one to mention that. Bit. <laughs> Fancy um, the journalist. Why is nobody reporting on this? <laughs> I think this is. I think this is a uh, amazing because it wasn't a hack. They didn't brute force in. It, they literally got the meeting code off Facebook, and it was like, <laughs> oh, "Come to the Italian Senate." Like no you, way. this is something like a a local school board would do <laughs> yeah. in like rural Tennessee, <laughs> like not like a country senate. Like, that is absurd to me. Of course, how could you not show up and play Final <laughs> Fantasy IV? <laughs> It'd be fucked up if you didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, a, a lot of people uh, were probably pretty upset. I don't really know any uh, Italian senators, but I can imagine that um, they they probably don't sit around watching Final Fantasy porn very often. Uh, do you know what? Do you know who was upset? I was upset because that yeah. news broke the day the Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard King deal broke, and the Tifa <laughs> hentai story got more hits than my Activision Blizzard story. I was so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God damn it! Like the people have spoken and they, they want hentai. <laughs> they don't care do you think that they else. thought if they clicked it, they would get to see the hentai? They probably <laughs> did, right? A hundred percent. Like, there's got to be a video of this, right? Is there? Have you seen a video of it? Not the hentai, but of the Senate, like reacting. Uh, yeah, it was just I'm on Twitter. This now. Okay, very. I think yeah. I think you can literally just like just search it on Twitter, and I'm sure you'll find it. Is we, it as funny as I'm imagining? I, I actually don't know the reactions. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, hey, you know when something happens in games, and you're like, "Didn't that happen already?" Right. I feel like every day I hear a news story, and I'm like, "That's not news," but apparently it is. <laughs> Uh, Destruction All-Stars may be going free-to-play. I oh said this God, exact yeah. thing. I said this exact <laughs> thing when the story was like, it, 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 but it was free-to-play. That's why that's <laughs> the only reason people played it. So there's a couple interesting things about this story to me. Um, one is that, obviously, it already was free-to-play, right? Wasn't it? Am I crazy? <laughs> or has it just been coming this whole time? I think... No. I. I, I think it was a PS Plus game. So it, was, it was, yeah. Like, right, it was like technically yeah. free to play. Yes, that's what everyone played it loans and no one kept playing. So I I I played it the night it came out for three hours and I said I'm never gonna play this game again and I didn't. <laughs> well, good, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> you showed them. <laughs> yeah. Um. But big, what's big really what's really interesting to me about the story is that the the details came from a data mine. So there's somebody out there data mining destruction, of all stars updates. Why is it all stars? Like there's no known characters. in It, <laughs> it has no stars. <laughs> what's, what's all stars about it? I don't get it. Well, what should it be called? Like destruction 
people that Randomly. drive cars? <laughs> Random oh, people? That's a nice ring to it. <laughs> I think oh, the idea was to make them in like Fortnite style characters that had personality behind them. It's not like, but it does kind of clash with the fighting game was called All Stars. Was it called PlayStation All Stars? Yeah, yeah, anything that has all-stars in it makes me think that they're people that I already know. That they're like, all stars. Yeah, is, is there something <laughs> but to do with baseball? But they're all randos. And the American stars? sports have the, have the all-star teams, don't they? Where it's like the best players of the season right, in the various divisions. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. There's Nick Maybe... all-star brawl as well. That confused me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that, well, that, they, that's they that's stars. They are all look, stars. Look, it's SpongeBob. Come on, man. I get Nick All Star Brawl. So when Destruction All Stars came oh, out, right. and it wasn't something like that. I was confused with what I mean. Maybe in the world of Destruction All Stars, they it's are the lore. Stars. Yeah, yeah, it's the lore. Yeah. These are the all stars of all the Destruction derbies around the <laughs> fictional world that the game takes place in. I am so exhausted with indie <laughs> PvP games with deep, deep lore. I yeah. swear to Christ. <laughs> Rocket Arena had this expansive world. The dodgeball game. They all... <laughs> stop it, dude. Yeah. Stop it with the lore. Like, good Lord. Nobody cares. Uh, Sorry. It's like whenever, whenever Ben talks about um, Apex lore and how, like... I mean, apparently, from what he said, they are doing really interesting things with tying it into Titanfall and everything, that, but... Every Do time not. he talks about it, I just my I have no clue. <laughs> that like is not the same. That is not the same. Apex lore is not the same thing. Okay, you know I did an Apex lore podcast for like a year. I did not know that. Huh? <laughs> All right. Um, I'm never getting on this podcast again, am I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't kept. Obviously, I said I never played it again, but maybe updates made this game good. I don't know. Does Probably it matter? Not. <laughs> no. Probably not, right? What What was the problem with this game? Um, it wasn't really that good when you were in a car. Yeah, and it, but you needed to be in a car because it was even worse when you were on feet. Yes, <laughs> that was the problem. Like if they, ju- I think, I think if they had just done a like destruction derby style car, you crash into people, you do tricks. It's like burnout meets destruction derby, and it's like a bit more, you know, advanced because we can do more things now. If it was a PS5 version of Destruction Derby, it probably would have been okay. They it was too many ideas. The cars didn't have projectile weapons like Twisted Metal. Like you couldn't shoot at each other. No, Twisted Metal is another good example. Yeah. Oh. Um, no, you couldn't. You, you could just you. Everybody could ram each other, and you could like side bump each other, and then every car had like one alt, basically, yeah. like one special ability. Uh, but a lot of a lot of it was like parkour, like jump out of your car and yeah. like climb shit, and that that kind of sucked. And then the game modes didn't really make any sense to me. Like, but the ones where you just kill each other, fine. But then there was a lot of like objective based stuff that I couldn't really wrap my mind around. It was like a little too obtuse, and I was like, why am I being confused by this game that's about cars that run into each other? Like, there should <laughs> not be anything confusing about this. Uh, but How's it kind of was, and also. So uh, the tone, this is another thing that these like indies, all of them. Yeah. All of these like free to play competitive games have the most fucking cloying, like (laughs) abrasive, cutesy, like child edgy tone to them. I don't, I'm not exactly sure how to describe it, but they all have the same like, like (laughs) nineties sort of like, whoa bro you really smoked them like they all sound like that to me 
<laughs> Riders Republic is the worst for that. Oh, I know it's not quite an indie ah, game of this size, God. but that is the that, worst game. That, for that ninja, the- that three v three ninja theory one that just got shut down. What was that? Uh, it was an Xbox exclusive Ninja Theory PvP game. We are what? <laughs> what? Ble- Bleeding Edge. Terrible. Bleeding Edge. Oh yeah, God, that was Bleeding bad. Edge was like that too. Um, what is that? Is that just like an easy thing to pull off? That's why do they do it. Fortnite. Like I think it is. I think I think, I think it's, it's somehow it's Fortnite inauthentically. It's How can you take Fortnite? Fortnite yeah. And make it inauthentic. Fortnite is pretty authentic with it just kind of goes, look, it's Ariana Grande. <laughs> Give us money, please. Fortnite good. is, to me, it's like very wholesome. It's like, yeah. It's like it, Lego, you know? Mm. Like It's very much like express yourself and we're all going to have a great time and let's have an EDM concert. I don't know. I think if, that, if Fortnite is Lego, these games are Playmobil. Uh, uh, do you want to break uh, some news on the podcast that's related that that won't be breaking news by the time the podcast goes out perfect i love my favorite thing hyperscape which is just like all these games is officially dead dead killed you just have to pull in it pulling it like no more development or pulling it off of off but in april it'll be gone completely wiped from the servers and wiped from our memories in just 18 months Wow. You know, uh, I thought that was kind of fun. I, I, I thought Hyperscape was kind of fun. I, obviously, the Battle Royale genre got like really saturated uh, about a year ago. There was a kind of a little too much going on. Um, but this was like... The, the problem with Hyperscape is it, it was way too hard. It was so hard. If you weren't like yeah. hardcore the sweatiest, like it was just so fast-paced... I don't know. Like you couldn't play this game with a controller because you just couldn't move fast enough. The objectives were always so weird in Hyperscape as well. It was like go and grab the crown and like jump up this pole. It wasn't just like Fortnite where it was just kill people and survive. There were so many layers to Hyperscape that did not need to be there. Yeah, and the circle didn't close. It was yeah. like sections of the city would go dark and you couldn't be in that on that block when it closed down. But the but it the buildings would just sort of drop into the ground and it would, be, would become flat, so everybody that was in the buildings could see you. I don't know. It had some so, cool yeah. ideas, but um, yeah, I'm totally not surprised to hear this at all. Also, it was on like the UPlay launcher, which is a disaster. <laughs> like, don't yeah. do that. Don't. To make people jump through extra hoops to play this game. The one thing I'm looking forward to with the ultimate consolidation of every game studio is that <laughs> finally I'll be able to play <laughs> every single game on one app. That's all. <laughs> and and that, that app will be EA Origin. <laughs> I just, and a finger on the monkey, poor Carl. <laughs> it'll be the Xbox app, Steam, and Epic, and I can deal with those three. Like that, that, that's fine. I have nine right now. It's too much. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Being, being a PC gamer sounds so fun, Eric. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> sell a Steam Deck. <laughs> uh, oh. Rip Hyperscape. Mm. Yeah. Gone uh, and already forgotten. <laughs> all the Hyperscape players are already moving over to Vampire. 
Masquerade. Oh yeah, Blood Hunt. Blood Hunt. Yeah. Or Super People. Just so saturated now, and I think it's not like you know there's loads of single player narrative games, but like you can play one for like eight hours, ten hours, twenty hours, and be finished and done and move on to the next. But with these kind of battle royals, like they just demand so much of your time. It's like that's the game you play. Yeah, I think that's that's why I haven't really kept up with Apex because I can't. I feel like I can't jump into it and play a few games anymore. Like I feel like if I'm not consistent, if I'm not like trying to climb ladder and playing every night, I'm just so mm. bad that it's not fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I wish that wasn't the case. It's kind of why I always fall back on Destiny because like it's not hard to shoot aliens. Like you never yeah. mm, that you never yeah. feel rusty playing destiny mm. um but yeah that's a good point destiny is hard f- f- to get into but as soon as destiny 3 comes out i'm gonna try my best to jump on it i have some bad news for you <laughs> really, i have some really bad news for you there will never be a destiny 3 really oh i didn't know that no. it's so hard to get into though because i remember this is completely off tangent but when i was playing uh, i bought destiny 2 when it came out and then uh I stopped like halfway through the story and then when I jumped back in the story had disappeared and I was like I don't yes. know what's going on I don't yeah. know what's happening and yep. then it went f- and then it went free to play and I was just like wow I've played I've paid full price to play half a campaign it is <laughs> a it is a huge problem and I don't think that um, unfortunately I don't think there's a solution the game just can't keep growing without cutting uh really? old content yeah that's the problem i mean they once they eclipse like 120 gigs they were like we gotta start shaving shit oh, out just, this for game. Size just for size yeah just for size so um, yeah i, I don't wish know there was a way for me to get into it though because it i it is really fun and i do love it i just wish it, uh, it would You'll, love me back just, just I know, read. a lot of people read the law. <laughs> a lot of people feel that way a lot of people feel excluded by it um yeah because if you start playing destiny right now it's it's like the first two years of shit that happened is not in the game anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like characters died. Like there were campaigns and all that shit is just gone. And there's nothing you can do about it besides go watch YouTube videos to try to figure out what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the prettiest shooters out there. True. Uh, one more story I wanted to touch on um, this Twitch ad incentive. Uh, I think this is really cool, I think, but I wanted to get everybody's thoughts on this. What is it? So Twitch is starting a new program where you can uh, essentially work out a fixed uh, income from the service based on how many hours you stream and how many ads you run. Um, So if you reach a certain level on Twitch, I don't know if it's partnered or if it's just, what is it, the associate level or whatever? affiliate um affiliate is the first one and then partners if you're really good right you you can set up on this uh ad incentive tier system which starts the minimum is 40 hours a month is it a month uh for 500 bucks as long as you're running something like two ads an hour or something like that um hold on let me pull up the actual number so we can like get into the details here but but what do you think of that at like conceptually Hmm, it really does depend on the numbers it really does depend on how much time you're spending to and you know i mean you need to just know how many people do it full time and how many people will happily do however many hours that was what was it 40 hours so Uh, it's 
there's three tiers um, and it's always 40, at least 40 hours in a month. If you run two minutes of ads per hour, you get 500 bucks. If you run three minutes of ads per hour, you get 800. And if you run four minutes of ads per hour, you get a thousand bucks. This is something that like proper Twitch streamers that do it for the money would have more of an inkling on, you know? It it, it seems like this is going to flood Twitch with ads. I, I don't think there's any way around it. You, We all are just going to have to get used to constant ads on Twitch now, right? Or it's, just it, subbing everywhere. Is this open to just anyone streaming on, on Twitch or is it like specifically uh, people who are partners? Uh, I don't know if they've... The program hasn't started and I don't know if they've exactly said who will be eligible for it. Right, mm. right. I, I would assume it's a partner thing. Yeah. It, right. Like, it seems like the sort of thing that could, like, a thousand, like, a grand a month would really, really help, like, beginner affiliates who don't have many mm. views and who aren't getting much ad revenue anyway. But why on earth would Twitch go out of their way to pay them loads of money if they're not bringing right. in viewers? So, like, yeah, right. it's the kind of thing that if it is actually targeted at the smaller end, then I could see it being a really good thing because it would allow more people to pursue streaming as a viable thing, um, like a viable career until they can actually get the bigger numbers and the sponsorships and the subs. But I don't see a reason for Twitch to like keep doing that long term if those streamers aren't pulling in big numbers to get that money back. Yeah, I, in an ideal world, yeah. I think that selling ad space is just that profitable i think it really it really it probably doesn't matter that much how big their audience is like twitch does not care about the return on investment on these ads right like it's the advertisers that do mm. so so twitch is working out like grand scale deals with advertisers and then filtering that out to streamers but like what whether you have 20 people watching or a thousand people watching. I'm sure there is some threshold, but like Twitch does not care what the return on investment on Crest toothpaste is. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, and I think that there's a lot to be said about having a stable income as a streamer, like knowing, okay, no matter how sure. many subs I get this, yeah. month, I'm going to make a thousand bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I think, I think it's great for the, it sounds like it would be great for the people who are eligible. Hell, I've I've got an affiliate account. If I if I'm eligible, I'll fucking do it. I'll stream <laughs> forty hours a month. And and at least here in the states, a thousand dollars a month is a fine. I mean, that is that is um, below minimum wage. But a thousand dollars a month will is a living wage in a lot of places, well, it's, in a lot of rural places where you can stream from home. It's a thousand dollars for forty hours of work. So it's Correct. more than well, which is not more a than twenty dollars per hour. No, hang, hang on. Do you get a thousand dollars a month? Yeah, thousand dollars a month for forty hours of streaming. For oh, forty hours of streaming, for forty hours a week. Forty hours per month. Forty okay. hours per month. I'm looking at. The oh, okay, right, 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 right. Yeah. So, so ten hours a week, essentially. I know. Ten hours. Okay, yeah. that's much more doable. Yeah. Because sure. I was thinking it was if I was thinking it was forty hours, like a full time job to get paid thousand dollars. Like, oh, that's oh, ten no. hours. Yeah, I, sure. I, 
I would assume that this is only going to apply, like everything on Twitch, this is only going to apply to the 1% or the 5% of, yes. of the streamers that are already making it. Yeah, Ninja. <laughs> Ninja's going to get his thousand bucks. No, no, but seriously, I, I think you have to already have a Twitch audience for this to matter. And if you already have a Twitch audience, you're probably already getting by. Yeah, that's um, what I mean. Like, if it's for them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's barely. It's, if, yeah, if you're pulling in those numbers anyway, it's a bit more security. But, like, I would be really it. interested to hear what, uh, what actual Twitch streamers uh, right. think about this. Yeah. Uh, if you're a Twitch streamer and you're listening, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, like, we're journalists. This is our shit. Like, get in touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I think I, I think we should do that because um, yeah. it, it's interesting. I don't know. I, obviously, I don't think that this is like some benevolent thing for, from Twitch. They're not doing this out of the kindness of their hearts. And I do wonder what the impact is going to be for, you know, just like commercials, just like Twitch turning into, you know, like regular TV. Yeah, there's three commercials every ten minutes or whatever. You say regular TV? That's American TV. Oh really? What's your adverts are way worse in America. Yeah, really. There are way more adverts in America. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. I was watching uh, the Wendy show the other day, and the amount of I was like, nothing's happened, and it's going back to adverts. (laughs) Yeah. You do the opening credits and do some adverts. (laughs) What's what's going on, America? It's crazy. Yeah, a half-hour show has three three minute commercial breaks. We have Uh, one. One in a half-hour show. Yeah. In the middle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so for something like an hour would normally have like, you'd have like an ad break at the 15 minute mark, half an hour mark, 45 minute mark, roughly. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's why, like, that's why none of us have TV anymore. Like, yeah. none <laughs> of us have cable. We just, we just watch Twitch. But, um, well, with that, <laughs> show, the thing is, it says run four minutes of ads per hour um, and stream for 40 hours. That's what gets you a grand. That's the highest tier. And then yeah. two minutes of ads per hour is for five hundred dollars. So like four minutes of ads per hour, that is like one regular commercial break of a TV show. That really isn't bad. Like I wouldn't think of that mm. as like flooding Twitch with ads. Yeah. The other thing about this is Twitch already does this with its contracted streamers. Exactly. Like if you watch Hassan, like Hassan does a ad break at the top of every single hour. So I wonder if this like standardized um <laughs> process is kind of like going to end up screwing people on their contracts because i promise you hassan was getting more than a thousand dollars for running his ass he says you can opt out no he he can't he can't have been getting more than a thousand dollars because he would have voted for bernie that's not how it works eric (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, so i hope this doesn't mean i hope this doesn't mean all those people that got nice contracts is like gonna get screwed on this it says you can opt out. Uh, yeah, you may opt out of this incentive at any time. Because, yeah, it says what? Claim personalized offer. Uh, opt out at any time. If you do, you will receive a prorated payment for hours streamed. Any additional earnings beyond the agreed upon incentive will be paid out at the standard rate. So, like. Yeah, I just mean like the special contracts Twitch would do with individuals. Yeah. Uh, that, right, would, yeah. that would include so many ads per hour. Or that would be the likes of. The top one percent or five percent stuff, yeah. yeah. I guess I'm not too worried about Hassan's income. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, won't somebody please think of Ninja? <laughs> um, okay, cool. I think that covers the news. Uh, let's take a quick break and then, um, he wants you to stick around 
we've got a couple new games to talk about. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm here with Maheen and, for the first time joining us, Jamie Latour. Hello. Jamie, you've been playing Rainbow Six, uh, I almost said the wrong title because it keeps changing. What is it now? It's Extraction, right? (laughs) Rainbow Six Extraction, not Quarantine. It used to be Quarantine and then the the whole business happened and uh, yeah, they were like, we we can't really use that name. (laughs) The thing happened. That alien yeah, that zombie thing. looking one, if I'm thinking correctly. Yeah. That one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, zombie I, one. I played this a bit too, but I was playing it before launch and I could not, the servers weren't up, so I could not do any matchmaking. I also was playing it before launch and I could not for the life of me. I got a game every hour, I want to say. Yeah. I would sit there and I had the thing and it would be like 30 minutes counting down being like, we still haven't found a game for you yet. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm just going to wait till this thing comes close to launch. Yeah, yeah. So so I haven't dug too much into it since then, but what's kind of fascinating to me about this one is that um, there was, like, no buzz and nobody is talking about it. Mm-hmm. But... I was surprised. Yeah, I am surprised because it is it is pretty interesting, especially for Rainbow Six and for and because it's so different from what Ubi normally does. Yeah, like essentially what it is is it's like you know it's Rainbow Six meets Left for Dead, which is an interesting concept. But uh, yeah, there was like no buzz, and I was really surprised because it's a big Ubisoft release. So I thought for sure like this game's going to be everywhere. And uh, yeah, and it's nah, on Game Pass. I, yeah, it's on Game Pass too. Really? Although maybe I, yeah, that was a sign exactly. of things. Maybe that was like them like Ubisoft being like, okay, um, let's drop the price down to forty bucks and put this thing on Game Pass and just kind of move on. Yeah, because right. it kind of so, got that feeling. So, I think I think Left 4 Dead is a good comparison, but all, because it's a it's a co op game and you kill zombies, but more but it's also it, it's a lot more tactical. It's a mm-hmm. it's a much slower game than Left 4 Dead. I like actually uh, of what I've played. Um, it actually I, I like the way the guns feel. I like the way the tactical feel of it is because like you know you can't just run into a room. And just start shooting everything. I mean, you can, but uh, you'll probably die. So, like, you actually have to, like, communicate with your team. Say, like, let's get into this area. Let's crouch down. Let's put down some claymores. Let's do this. And then all the little alien zombies will start coming up on you. And you just kind of blast them together and watch all the sides. And I like that. That's actually a really cool idea. Uh, it's just that I feel like a lot of the rest of the game is really underbaked. Why do you say that? Well, so... Like, for, for one thing, when you load into every single mission, um, there's only 13 different objectives you can do. And they mix, mix and match them all. So basically, when you load in, you already have an idea of what you have to do. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to have to do a stealth takedown on three of the zombies. I'm going to have to uh, find a specific zombie and lure them to a trap, take out the nest, plant some bombs. Like, it's almost, it's very, it's almost arcadey. It's mm-hmm. almost like you have like some it's not really a story campaign at all. There's like a very thin narrative where like some of the operatives will pop in and they'll be like, "Hey, uh we're the Rainbow Six Siege crew and today we're fighting zombies and we we developed a zombie killing crew." Yeah. So, so let's go way. out there and do our zombie thing. Is and uh, like, that's pretty uh, much the narrative. 
is this like the first time Rainbow Six has gone supernatural with it? Because I've yeah. always known it to be, I'm not a huge Rainbow Six, Rainbow Six person, but I've always known it to be like, not realistic, but you know, like one of those shooting games that doesn't really stray too far. Is this the first supernatural thing they've done? I believe so. I want to say yes. Yeah. And the the hilarious thing is that I believe the full name of this game is still Tom Clancy's Rainbow yeah. Six Extraction. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm just like, but I want to find the Tom Clancy book where he wrote about alien zombies. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it is it's science fiction, but it's not supernatural. I mean, there's a whole plot about th- this is a contagion, right? Mm-hmm. Like most zombie things. But th- oh, this I this see. was an this is an outbreak. Yeah. But it's also weird. It, there there is a weird thing to it because there is essentially one objective, which is almost like the end of the game objective. It's like the main boss where you find like this weird gooey yeah. organic flesh orb and then you yeah. press a touch screen and you get sucked into a portal and then you fight <laughs> a parasite that has copied the shape and form and abilities of one of the operators and it's i'm like not good no that i'm like how natural. does that mean? it is yeah, not it's not good <laughs> <laughs> like i like i don't understand where this portal they don't really they don't really have a consistency over how sci-fi this is yeah totally yeah because like so, most of the time it's like if they are acting like you know it's just like oh an alien came out of, or a parasite came out of nowhere and now it's infecting people and then all of a sudden it's like alternate dimensions <laughs> you know my sense is that there's a lot of this that doesn't work, but it has some really cool ideas that mm-hmm. I think probably would have worked in a different game. But I agree. My, I, I wonder, have you played GTFO? You know what? I haven't yet. Okay. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, whenever I see games like that, nowadays I kind of just sit back and be like, okay, am I going to buy that or am I going to wait for it to come to Game Pass? Because everything yeah. seems to come to Game Pass these days. And when I saw GTFO, I'm like, that's probably coming to Game Pass. I'll, maybe I'll just wait. But that game definitely seems to give me a similar vibe. And uh, I think it might actually do it a little bit better as well. I think I think GTFO might be the better version of this game. I, I, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Um, that said, GTFO is very difficult. It's very unapproachable, like Mm -hmm. super punishing. You have to have four players that are really into it and want to learn the maps and the strategies. And like, yes, it's a hardcore game. This is, this is very much, very pick up and play. Yeah. I will say though, that uh, this game definitely benefits from communication because Mm -hmm. I have played, I have loaded into a lot of random games and some randos that didn't have mics and if they're just running off and doing their own thing, getting knocked down and killed, uh, yeah. it definitely, it can become very difficult. Yeah. So the most of the st- strategy potential comes from this idea that you don't really want to alert the horde. Mm-mm. Right. It's very stealthy. Yeah. You want to stealth through these maps and coordinate when you're going to take guys out um, because... If you, for instance, if you like get too close to a nest, um, it's going to start birthing more zombies. And if you get too close to zombies, they're going to call in more zombies. So, yeah. So you want to try to stealth your way through. And there's, there's, it's more than just sort of crouching and walking around, right? Like you have a lot of equipment. You've got like drones that you can drive under doors to go look into rooms. And you've got, yeah, you've got a lot of stuff like that, right? 
a lot of the operators also have abilities that like help with the stealth. Like there's one guy in particular whose whole ability is, oh, did a did a zombie see me? Okay, let me activate my ability. I'm not here now. I've disrupted your senses. Mm-hmm. And like there are zombies or uh, operators that can like let you see the zombies through the walls. Uh, and then there's this one guy who has a hammer. And he just smashes <laughs> through the walls. And I'm like, well, that guy's not your stealth guy. <laughs> Um, one sort of balance thing that it does that I think is really cool is that if you are sloppy, it will create these like basically slow fields where the infection spreads on the ground. And when that happens, you can't move around as easily. And then when you get into trouble, you can't get away and you get surrounded. So like, even if you manage to struggle your way out of a situation and sort of like, oops, I alerted this guy. Oops, I missed my headshot. Like, oh no, I'm getting swarmed. Like, even when you get out of that, you still kind of get punished because now this infection is starting to spread around you and you can't really move as well. And I think that's that's a pretty clever mechanic. Yeah, I believe that's called the sprawl. And uh, <clears throat> I always found that interesting because when I play with people and like, you know, we're just kind of like not on mic, I just hear gunshots going off and I turn around and it's just people, they're just shooting the ground. Everybody's just shooting the ground (laughs) because that's how you get rid of the goo. And there's actually, there's a lot of things like that. There are these little spores that will stick to your body and they won't go off right away. They're like ticking time bombs. And if you don't get rid of them on a teammate or yourself, then they explode and blind you with like this green gas and it's actually a really cool teamwork mechanic because, like, you basically have to go to your teammate and be like, hey, man, I got these spores on my back. Can you get them off? And if you're not communicating right, they'll just explode and all of a sudden you can't see anything. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah, what- that actually is pretty neat. There's some neat stuff. Like, I like um, – there's an XCOM system in this game too where if uh, one of your guys gets really badly hurt, you can't use them because they have to recover from their injuries. Right. So – like, you can't really main a character. Like, you can't have, like, one character that you only play because if you're only playing, like, Doc, for example, and he gets hurt, well, you can't choose him because he's recuperating. And uh, I, I like that system because it makes you actually have to play with the other operators more. Yeah. And uh, then there's the whole thing where if you go down twice, your body gets turned into a Cheeto. Like, you basically <laughs> get covered in foam and you're just, like, yeah. stiff, like weird plaster cast person and the only way you could escape at that point is if one of your teammates picks up your cheeto body and loads you into this pod and if they don't do that that operator is mia and you have to actually go back to the level and recover them in order to play as them again yeah that like character is now trapped in that level yeah yeah the foam doesn't really make a lot of sense the foam is really weird it's really weird. And then they have to just... put you in an MRI machine to recover you. Yeah. It's actually <laughs> funny. Uh, when I played early later on into the game, uh, one of the characters literally goes like, yeah, we don't know the long-term uh, neurological effects of the foam. Uh, it might mess you up real bad, but uh, you, you should be good to go. You should be able to get right back out there and shoot more zombies. It does some cool things with objectives which you kind of touched on that kind of forced you into uh cooperating one of Mm. the things i thought was interesting was when you have to like there's like these terminals that somebody has to hack and they're connected by these like alien strands of goo Mm. and while one person is hacking the 
the slime is sending these pulses along those lines. They're, they're like power lines basically. And you'll see these pulses run on them that are going to try to stop you. And so while one person is hacking, the other players have to sort of like track those lines and shoot the things as they come. That's actually one of the cooler objectives. Yeah. That's actually to rescue one of the operators too. That's like they're they're trapped in a goo tree. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, they're like suspended by strands of goo. Yeah, and there's like arms too coming out of it that are holding onto them. And I'm just like, so like, like I don't understand how people what people turn into when they get infected by this parasite because there's also slimes. And I'm like, are the slimes did those used to be people or are they now like? You know, is that just part of the parasite or how these new zombies get created? Because like you said, there are these big red bulbous nests that keep pumping out zombies. And I'm like, so are they all just in there or is this thing just pulling them out of the goo or how? I I don't understand the logic behind it. But uh, yeah, no, that one particular uh, objective actually is probably one of the cooler ones. Uh, And then there's a lot I feel like they just took from Rainbow Six Siege. Like there's mm-hmm. literally one where it's just like plant a bomb and guard it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that's that's that has to be a Rainbow Six Siege objective they just threw in here because they were like, we're running out of time. Just, just take some siege stuff. <laughs> Do you think this is going to be like a, a continual thing for Rainbow Six? Like, or is this just their one like one off experiment trying to be a little bit different and supernatural? Because I've always known it to be so uh, real. <laughs> Considering the reaction and the reception of it, I would I wouldn't be surprised if this is a one off. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it, it's a big hit. No, it ha- it doesn't seem like it's been blowing up anywhere. Uh, I don't know if it's like streaming numbers are good or whatever, but uh, review scores and general like health of it, uh, I can see it being pretty hard to get into a game in like six months. Right. Yeah, I think it, it's missing some really important stuff. I don't think that the progression is quite there. Mm-mm. Um, nah, the progression's weird like you have a bar and uh every time you get out of a mission like you have three objectives if you do all three of them then you get a bunch of experience points if you could only do one or two and then you run away then you get less experience points and then you have like little challenges you could do and uh basically every time you level up a bar you could get more tech you could get more cosmetics you could unlock new operators it's interesting um but the other thing that's interesting about it is that if one of your operators does go missing, uh, all of the experience points that they seem to have earned get taken away. And you mm. could actually go backwards on the bar. Yeah. So you could actually lose progression. Damn. So it's, uh, it's an interesting way to do things. Uh, the whole game has a lot of weird ways of doing things that kind of work in ways and kind of don't really work in ways yeah and i i think it's a symptom of like borrowing ideas from so many different games like it's a little bit left for dead it's a little bit the hunt showdown it's a little bit gtfo and you can tell that not all of these ideas like fit together super well Mm -mm. yeah it it just really does feel like ubisoft was uh they just went to like one of their teams the rainbow six team and like hey um we need a zombie shooter can you guys uh, you do something with that? I don't know. Hmm. Throw a couple of these guys, these military guys in there. I don't know. Shoot some zombies. What do you, what do you think? You think you can pull that off? And then they just did this. <laughs> I also and... think that it's probably not hard enough. Like, I, I think it could de- it could attract a more dedicated player base if it was, like, 
like GTFO if it was really hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really depends on who you get because I have played with some people who were absolute numbnuts and yeah. uh, it became very difficult at that point. I don't uh, think you should ever play this game through the matchmaking system. I think you should no. only only play this game with your friends. Yeah, if you can't find two people who want to play this game with you in a squad, uh, quick play is going to be a disaster for the most part. Yeah, uh, yeah. I have occasionally found like two people with mics who have been, you know, pretty good about the whole communication thing. But for the most part, it it can be just a mess. Yeah, weird but, game. Uh, yeah, it's a really weird <laughs> game. Also, uh, w- one other thing, it has a competitive mode. Right, right. Which yes. I can't I can't understand how that would work. I haven't tried it, but I I, I, I haven't I, either. Yeah, I have no idea how a competitive mode would work. Are you just trying to do better than another zombie killing? Can you team? play as I, the zombies? I, I think you might be able to. Yeah, I feel like I, I think I remember seeing a mode that would let you, but I might be wrong about that. Uh but I wouldn't be surprised because I feel like all these Left for Dead type games always have a mode where you can play as the zombies like i know back for blood has one although nothing's as good as the left for dead mode that did it so it's it's probably Mm. not that good even if it does exist uh we have a review for extraction on the site i will link it in the description uh written by harry alston he gave it a three out of five um okay mahin Let's did it did it did it did it do yeah sorry I don't know much about like first person shooters the last I'm a weeb the first the last shoot I played was Splatoon but um yeah Splatoon I mean, rules yeah. <laughs> pretty good <laughs> so uh yeah Yu Gi Oh so this game is really interesting because it, you get out of it depending on how much of Yu-Gi-Oh you know. So for me personally, I played Yu-Gi-Oh up until the synchro cards, which were the white cards. And since then, there have been more rules introduced. There's like pendulum cards and link cards. And then there's another one, which I forget, XYZ cards. And it really is called Master Duel because I think it is for people who have mostly already mastered the duel but there is (laughs) there is like tutorials and stuff and i did i did do them and i did learn what the new cards were from them so it's not like they completely exclude everyone out of it but back in the day i used to play Yu-Gi-Oh online which was like uh exactly what you think it is and it got it stopped in 2012 but that was more of an mmo and like you had a character and you would go into chats and you talk to people it was back during the early days of the internet like msn and all that so it was like a lot about community and trading cards whereas master duel really does it, it got rid of all that you literally just play duels with people and it it is really fun and i enjoy it also one thing you can get any card you want really easily so it's not like you face someone and they have a really good card and they're like oh i can't wait to get that card by trying to open loads of packs you can go into the deck builder find that exact card and spend the in-game currency to get that card so i think it's really made to be competitive yeah there's a lot of buzz on master duel which is it's out now on uh pc and console and it's coming to mobile there's a been a lot of buzz because of how um how fair the economy is how like compared to its card game competition 
Yeah. Uh, it's really generous uh, with rewards. I, I felt I had a sort of a weird experience booting this up because what I, what I really liked about starting master duel is that it immediately gives you the survey and it's like, okay, yeah. how much Yu-Gi-Oh have you watched? <laughs> Let's start there. <laughs> it, it's like question one, do you know what Yu-Gi-Oh is? <laughs> and then it's like, how have you seen any of the TV show? Have you read the manga? And then the next question is like, have you ever played this card game before? And the options are like, I'm an expert. I've dabbled. I didn't know Yu-Gi-Oh had a card game. <laughs> like, like, so I was like, okay, this fucking rules. Like no one else does this, you know, like magic doesn't, doesn't do this. Like, I really feel like I can step into this as a newbie and I'll be okay. So I answered, all, I answered all the questions like, nope, never seen the show, never play the game. I don't know what I'm doing, which was great. But then it throws you into, into a tutorial it teaches you the basics. There's like three tutorial matches. You do those three. You learn the very basics. The right. ve Like this is where you put a card. This is how you attack. <laughs> and you do that. And then it's just like, okay, now go play. And I was like, what? What? No, you have to teach. I literally told you. You asked me. I told <laughs> you. You have to teach me everything. And it kind of doesn't. Right, I was about to say, like, where did uh, those questions lead to after you've done that? But no, I can understand, like, how it it literally throws you into the deep end. It, it, I, I mean, I guess it's called Master Master Duel for a reason. I don't know what the point, though. Like, why did it even ask me what my level was? Yeah, what... that, maybe that's just for their own information. They just want to get some free... <laughs> it's probably for some, like, metadata or something like that. Yeah. I, think, I think it might change, like, your UI options and, like... Does it? Okay. Maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe the way that it explains. But but let me ask you, like, have you played like Hearthstone? And, uh, I played a little bit of Hearthstone. I played a little bit of Magic the Gathering. I used to love the Pokemon trading card game, uh, yeah. the actual game, as well as collecting. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I guess I have. Okay, so my, my jam is Hearthstone, Runeterra, and Pokemon TCG Online. Like, those are the three I've played a lot. Right. And going into Master Duel, to be honest, I was kind of disappointed by the presentation. Like it's oh, kind it looks of very Hearthstoney, but like, mm, but like ugly, like kind of low budge, kind of like. One thing that bothered me a lot was you can't hover over keywords and find out what they are. Like if you don't know what the keyword is, like you're kind of, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they do just mention words and expect you to know it. Like this card does <clears throat> this card does piercing damage. And it's like, well, I know that, but I don't know if everyone's gonna know that. Yeah. I guess you you probably do have to buy like a Yu-Gi-Oh! dictionary to have by you when you play it. <laughs> Which is bizarre because every because Hearthstone and Rune Terra and even Pokemon, like if you don't know a keyword, you just move your mouse over it or tap on it and it tells you what that means. But this game doesn't right. do that. Right. I mean, I and I found a lot of stuff like that. I, I used to play Hearthstone like when it first came out, and I don't know what what the what Hearthstone's like now. But for Yu-Gi-Oh, there's like essays of writing within one card, and sometimes yes. I kind of understand like, okay, they've shortened a whole sentence to like one word now, and you know, if you don't know that word, I guess you're screwed. But like, I've never done that much reading. I used to be a writer. I do video now for a reason, but I'm mm -hmm. I guess I'm still right. I'm still reading like with with Yu-Gi-Oh. It's so 
there's so much and then within the description they'll be like do this if this happens do that if that happens and it does get really complicated sometimes yeah that's what that's what magic is like too the the thing that made me laugh with Yu-Gi-Oh is like in my tutorial battle where it where it's teaching me how to play the game like the first card i put down had 1800 health damage or some health or something like yeah like what are these numbers yeah. where, <laughs> why are yeah. these numbers so big yeah i guess maybe, maybe that was a strategy back in the day like whoa thousands that's crazy especially <laughs> with the anime like after yeah watching pokemon and then you watch Yu-Gi-Oh and you're like whoa a thousand that's way more than charizard <laughs> i think I think for, cause there's a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh games like this yeah. isn't even like we had a Yu-Gi-Oh game last year. I think that was kind of more of a single player experience. Um, but it seems like this is what Yu-Gi-Oh players have wanted for a long time. Like it, it's got a, a good competitive interface. It's easy to collect cards. Um, I just coming from other card games. I feel like this is kind of missing a lot. I don't know yeah i'm not a, a, as much as you into other card games so i can't really compare but i'm just wondering like where are you gonna it feels like this game is gonna make them lose money like i, I <laughs> if i didn't want to play Yu-Gi-Oh the tcg i'm never going to now because i can just go and basically get any card i want on the on the ocg oh my God, yeah they're shooting themselves in the foot i have to <laughs> wonder too like i i didn't look is there a, a shop like can you actually spend real money uh oh, there had to be there, yeah there has to be I've not had to though yet. I've I've been pretty all right like with with the in-game currency you get. I mean, maybe this is because it's early game and you get a lot of gems or whatever for playing the game in the first week or two or whatever. We'll have to see later down the line how easy it is to get gems. Um but also mm. one thing I wanted to to mention is like as someone who hasn't played it, I'm sure there's loads of people who haven't played it for a long while. And encountering all these new versions of cards is crazy because it's like Back in the day, you could summon a few monsters on the field and it, w- it would be back and forth and it wouldn't be too crazy. Now, you can win in the second turn. You can win in the uh, in one turn just by summoning so many monsters. And it's mm. just overwhelming sometimes. So I can see how like people who don't know what synchro cards are or XYZ cards or stuff like that would be like, wow, this is not the Yu-Gi-Oh I remember at all. And it's not. Yu-Gi-Oh has changed so much. But with the tutorials... If you're willing to get into it, it gives you all the tools that you need, especially like with how easy you can get cards. Because if you think something's unfair, you have the right to use that exact same strategy and Mm. you can get those cards just as easily. I wonder if Yu-Gi-Oh! is the most complicated card game. I guess it's probably between Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic. I'm sure there's uh, some like esoteric card games out there that are way more complicated but of like the mainstream games this is like Yu-Gi-Oh and Magic are very different from like Hearthstone and Runeterra yeah um, I felt and, like uh... I learned a lot of like reading skills from being a kid and, like <laughs> reading reading the description of Yu-Gi-Oh cards because like some cards will say like this card cannot be destroyed by card effects or battles but then you're like oh but what if it can be tr- uh, attributed and there's all these like loopholes around wording and stuff like that that just plays with your mind sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i remember in high school uh someone tried to show me how to play magic the gathering and for about 20 minutes i just sat there with my eyes slowly going cross-eyed <laughs> because i couldn't understand 
any of it. And I just gave, at that point, I'm like, maybe I, maybe I don't like cards. Well, another thing I wanted to mention about uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Masters is that it's, there's no, there's nothing really about the anime in this. There's no Yu-Gi, there's no characters from the anime. Instead, the like single player kind of tutorial mode is more about uh, the actual lore of the cards, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So, like in in the anime, you would always see like oh, elemental heroes. Like the the main character uses those cards, and they're really cool because they look cool. But in Yu Gi Oh Masters, it goes deeper and it tells you about like the story within a certain archetype of cards, which is something I've never really seen Yu Gi Oh do before. So in that way, I guess it's a bit more like for the pros. And I'm not going to say adult because it's not adult, but well, it can be adult in some ways, but I digress. <laughs> so at no point, no one ever says like, ha you've activated you my trap card. Trap card. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and there's no chat. You can't talk to the, the, the opposing person. I can't tell them but that they activated no. my trap card? <laughs> no. That's oh. pretty standard card game, card game <laughs> yeah. thing for sure. Uh, yeah, but um, I, I do think this is like maybe them getting back into what they used to do with Yu-Gi-Oh! Online. I will sing the praise of Yu-Gi-Oh! Online until I die because that was my childhood. And they during Yu-Gi-Oh! Online, you had to, in real life shops, you had to buy a duel pass, which would give you access to 30 duels. And you would play 30 duels until you need to physically go back to a shop and buy another duel pass and in, in, input the code like... Gross. Uh, it was yeah it was it was really old and and they're doing wow. there's something called a dual pass in the new games and there's just little nods like that to like the older things in Yu-Gi-Oh online which makes me think i i do think they're really going to try and push Yu-Gi-Oh masters yeah it seems like the most feature complete Yu-Gi-Oh game we've seen i think it had something like 10,000 cards at launch <laughs> something <laughs> insane like that yeah and it and it's got like ranked and it's i don't know i i think I think this is uh, the most ultimate Yu-Gi-Oh game we've we've ever seen. So um, we have a ton of coverage for this game. Um, our TCG expert Joe Parlock has been covering uh, build guides and tier lists and so much. So he like, knows his stuff. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you want a good resource for Master Duel, like if you're just getting into it and you want to learn um, more about like uh, the best decks and some strategies about builds and stuff. Uh, I'll I'll drop a a link to our hub in the description because we've got we got a lot of tools that uh, that can help you with the game there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, cool. Thank you both so much uh, for That's joining. Right. Thank, Thank you, Eric. It's a good time. Next week, uh, my God, we have Pokemon <laughs> Legends Arceus yeah. and Dying Light. So uh, yeah, stay tuned. Next week we've got some big games. One last thing before we go, my favorite segment of the week. Uh, We are going to read our listener questions off, and I am joined by Amanda Yurick, our lead uh, Evergreen editor. Hi, Amanda. Hey, Eric. Our question last week was, what is one non-Activision Blizzard game that you'd like to see make a comeback? Amanda, do you have one in mind? Yes. uh, Bioshock? I have loved that game for the longest time, and the fact that only three mainline games exist for it 
just makes me so sad. And in the meantime, we have 100 million Call of Duty games. Mm -hmm. Bioshock was such a flash in the pan. Those three games came out just back to back to back, and then they were just gone. You know, no, no big franchise, no mobile spinoffs, just like, (laughs) bye, bye, Bioshock. Um, But if the rumors are true, we, we won't have to wait that long for another one, right? That is true. But then again, there's always the worry that they won't be able to recapture the magic of Rapture, you know? Yeah, it's true. Um, Okay, let's head to our uh, listeners and get their answers. Um, First of all, we have Aunt Jemima who said Guitar Hero, which I'm pretty sure that's Activision, but I think that (laughs) seems likely. I think we will be getting more Guitar Hero sooner or later. Uh, Morkid883 said Oni. I had so much fun with the combat system and I've missed it every time I've played an action game since. I've never played this game. I have never played it either. It's very uh, anime. It looks very Ghost in the Shell, but I never never saw that one. Uh, Zipenguin says Paparazzi has me thinking of the possibility that a Nintendogs could bring to the Switch. Um... I love Nintendogs. I've played a lot of Nintendogs on the DS. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised there isn't like some kind of Tamagotchi Switch pet I game thing. I haven't played Nintendogs, but I have dabbled in paparazzi, and that's <laughs> cute fun. <laughs> uh, Stephen Farrell says, TIE Fighters in Free Space, Star Wars Squadrons shows this can be done if they fix the flight system a bit. Um... Yeah, I, I don't know. Star Wars flight games are, are kind of weird because like I thought Squadrons was great and nobody played it. So I, I don't know if we're going to mm. see that many more. It'll probably be stuff like Battlefront where it's like part of the game. There'll be Star Wars flying stuff in, yeah. you know. But I don't know. With all, the, with all that stuff respawn, all the, all the Star Wars games that respawn's about to do, maybe we will see more TIE fighter action. Um, King Mattress says, any chance to get hype for a Sly Cooper remake sequel is a chance I'll take. Yeah, we know George loves Sly Cooper (laughs) so much. If he was here, he would definitely have said Sly Cooper. Um, Sly Cooper was never my jam. It was always Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank and Jack and Daxter. But Sly Cooper has its dedicated fans. Did you play those? I did not actually. I was never really a PlayStation person growing up. Mm-hmm. It was always Xbox. Mm-hmm. Actually, is Sly Cooper on Xbox? I don't think so. Yeah. I think that was PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, Finchervert says Legacy of Kane still one of, if not the best, vampire game series. Um, Django says about time COD was transformed into something for AR VR. That's not really on topic, but <laughs> an interesting idea. Nick Stevenson says Zork. Zork? I don't, I don't think we're going to be getting a um, text-based game reboot, but there's a lot of those on mobile. Hmm, if, you're, yeah. if, if, you, uh, if you like those text games, I've played a lot of interesting ones like Way of the Wizard and stuff like that on mobile. Uh, MTG Unpack says all the old Sierra adventure games. I think that there is like a spiritual success for successor to those old point and click adventure games. They still exist. They're still like indie versions of those, yeah. right? You just have to find them. Yeah. 
And then uh, our last one here is from Travis T. Time, who says Infamous. Uh, and you know what? That is one I'm surprised has has completely disappeared. When did Infamous Second Son come out? That was a PS4 launch title. Uh, so it has been a while. It's been a, f- a full generation, <laughs> yeah, since an Infamous. But um, they also said, in fact, just bring back the non-licensed superhero sandbox genre in general. I don't care if it's Infamous or Prototype or what have you, just something other than Batman and Spider-Man over and over. <laughs> um, and it, yeah, that's a good point, because it seems like we had a lot of stuff like that. We had like Crackdown and um, the MMO, the superhero MMO that was not DC, not Marvel, just like other superhero characters, but we don't really have that anymore. Yeah. Um, that would be cool. I, I know a lot of people really loved Prototype. Uh, and that is it. Thanks, Amanda. That's our show for the week. Thanks so much for listening. Come back next week. We'll be covering Pokemon Legends Arceus and Dying Light 2. For our listener question next week, we want to know what your favorite Pokemon game is and why. You can tell us on Twitter using the hashtag AskTheGamer, and we'll see you next week.